0: Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 78 of Death Readers, the podcast where we're reading through books for the first time. In this episode of Death Readers, we're going to be reading through the first couple chapters of uh, Michael Crichton's The Lost World. The sequel to Michael Crichton's Jurassic Park, which we've just finished. And if you hadn't listened to the show yet, go listen to the Jurassic Park episodes. They're fine. Yeah, they're free. They're free. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What more could you ask for? Do you want to, Quality, but do they to, got that too. Do you want to pay for something that's good or do you want to eat your gruel for free? Um, <laughs> what?
1: And you'll ask for more. <laughs> that's a book <Boca> reference.
0: <laughs> In this episode, we're going to be reading through the uh, introductions, the, ep- the prologues, whatever comes first, all the way through or all the way up to the second configuration. Mm-hmm. So if you're reading along, which we suggest you do so that you know what we're referencing when we talk about it. Go ahead and read up to second iteration and then come back and listen. And you'll be like, Oh, it's an interesting point they made. Hmm. Hmm." Or you'll say, does this show get any better? Or you'll say like, why am I still listening after five months? I don't know what you're (laughs) saying, but you could take a, you could, you could have your own thoughts. All right. Do you have any housekeeping? Uh, Uh, we, we, we recorded our Jurassic park movie commentary over the weekend and, uh, so you should definitely go to our Patreon page and subscribe to get our movie commentaries. They're so good. <laughs> and they're of, there's so, of... they're so actually
1: available. <laughs> there's at least two, um, more are on the way. I so promise. But there's also mm-hmm. lots of other content on there. Bits mm-hmm. and bobs and cutout shows and alternate thoughts and ideas. It's great. It's a treasure yeah, there's trove a lot of, of content. There's a lot
0: of stuff on on our on our Patreon that's just us talking about movies
1: and stuff. It's a lot of stuff. I'm sure Doug doesn't even remember having conversations about.
0: I don't. I don't remember. I you should quote him to on our that. And he'll be like,
1: "What? I said what? No, I would say that
0: was a long time ago. That was locker room talk. I couldn't possibly <laughs> remember that. It's not how <laughs> I. There's no reflection <laughs> of who I am today. <laughs> I, I have no recollection of saying that. We have it on tape. I have no recollection of saying that. Don't recall. I don't recall it. Anyway.
1: God, my heart's bleeding all over my shirt. Your heart is bleeding all over. your... Oh, I, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I get, I get, I get it. Because yeah. I'm smart.
0: <laughs> Wait a second. Did you just say that your heart was bleeding all over your shirt? Well, I don't say, I you say anything like that. Okay, Wallace. Um.
1: <laughs> Wallace, Wallace, Sean. Yeah, no, as Wallace, I, 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 I don't well, think I'm proud kind of. of my Wallace, Sean. I, I don't have anything to say as Wallace, Sean. So it's just, it's just, um.
0: I'm jealous of your capacity to impress. <laughs> well, if you don't have any housekeeping, then I say let's just move past all the avoiding reading and talking about the book and go into talking about the book. So that brings us to the introduction. No. Okay.
1: It brings us to the cover.
0: Well, I don't have one of those. Mine's the same as the last well, one. Well, see, my
1: I have a Kindle.
0: Let's do an edition report. Oh, let's that's, that's, that's do what are you reading? I'm still I'm still reading my Barnes and Noble uh, collected edition of Jurassic Park in the Lost World. That I gotta say, having read through Jurassic Park with it, it's a beautiful cover. I, mm. I genuinely think this book is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. However, if I was going to make a note to the publisher, there's a lot of red on the cover, and if you have you know like. If you're in an arid climate, or you have hands that make any sort of oil while you're holding the book, uh, it starts to smear the red all over the otherwise white cover. Oh no! So, like, I don't know if you can see this in the in the in the video, but like, it's starting to smear. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the back is is worse.
1: If you Ew, look in the yeah no
0: yeah so um so it's definitely it's it's beginning to look like I've read this book. You literally read the book. I read it all over. Like it's, it's running red with how much I've read. That book is black Um, and white and red all over. Damn. What is this? A a roadkill skunk. Um, so (laughs)
1: what is your edition? I'm reading, uh, the lost world on the Kindle, but I gave no money to internet tycoon Jeff Bezos. I got it from the Libby app and sent it onto my Kindle Where I'm reading it for free.
0: Yeah, Libby. Get that Libby if you don't have it. Yeah. Yo, go pick up your Libby. Go get your fucking uh, Linda account. Go get your... uh, What's that other app? Hoopla? Get get on that Hoopla, man. Like, if you gotta go get all of those, and movies, and CDs, and books, and audiobooks, all those things, use them, but actually use them, because, like, Hoopla does this thing where, if you check the thing out, it actually charges your library, or whoever you get the account through, so if you're not going to use the thing, don't, like, go out and just rent shit, because that ends up, uh, don't rent it unless you're actually going to use it, or don't borrow it unless you're actually going to use it, because the library pays for it, so don't run up their bill unless you have to, or unless you want to, unless you're actually going to use it. Uh, I've done that in the past, and I feel really guilty about it now that I've learned how they pay for it, so... Like, for example, one of the movies that was on there is a film called Carnival of Souls. At least it used to be on there when I did this. And I was like, oh, I'll watch that movie eventually, downloaded it. Like, so the library paid for it. And then afterwards, I was like, I don't want to watch a movie on my phone. It's a tiny little screen. I want to see this movie on the big screen. I want to see it on a big old screen. And then I never watched it on Mm. my phone, but the library had to pay for it.
1: Well, addendum to that. uh, I got the Hoopla app on my Apple TV. Mm. And that's actually how I watched... Westworld, right before we started the Jurassic Park podcast, the TV wow. show, or the movie, which was interesting. Have you watched Westworld recently? I've watched it within this calendar year. It was, it was just very funny to me because it opens with that postage-stamped... Uh, it's sort of, it looks like it's news footage at first, but then you realize it's a promotional video for Westworld done in the style yes. of a newscast and it's all grainy and it had the black border around it. I'm like, oh, I guess that's how I'm going to watch it. Okay. And then the movie, you know, blossomed to full HD and I'm like, oh damn, Hoopla. Okay. That was Michael Crichton's stylistic choice. Cool. Yeah. So Hoopla is pretty great quality if you have it, uh, access to a TV version of the app. Yeah.
0: I don't think, I think I usually, uh, use my PlayStation to watch stuff. Mm-hmm. And my PlayStation has let me down in terms of what what services have apps for it. And I right. think it's, like, winding down. I think the PlayStation is, like... PlayStation 4 is at the end of its life cycle. Like, PlayStation 5 is being advertised. Uh, so it's out. it's out now. Is it out? Yeah, it came out this week. Dang, son. I'm behind the times. Yeah, was, um,
1: Uh this, this Wednesday, I think, the 12th, I believe. It's the 15th well,
0: now. for example, like... Uh there's no Criterion Channel app for the PlayStation 5. There is for the Apple TV. Um and there is for the Xbox, I think. There's mm-hmm. no app for uh Hoopla on as far as I can tell on my PlayStation. There is apparently on Apple TV. So Yeah, no. It's that kind of thing. I uh, so I uh I haven't been able to try that, but you dear listener sh- should Go go to your local library, see what they have for you and what you can use and use it and appreciate your local library. And if you can't, if you don't have a local library that helps you with that thing, um, as we said before, and we will say at the start of every episode that's a new book, go to a local bookstore and see if they have the book we're, we're reading or books that you want to read and purchase it from them because that keeps good books out of the garbage hmm. that keeps good books in the hands of good readers and it keeps um, local small businesses going you don't need you really like wear a mask go to the store call ahead see if they have it go pick it up maybe they'll have curbside you don't know unless you ask but there's ways to, to do ask. this that that is like <laughs> low carbon and it's low um Money to uh, oligarchs. <laughs> That's not the right word, but <laughs> <laughs> eh, give them time. Business autocrats. How about that? It's it, it. goes to not those people. So, sincerely recommend doing all those things.
1: What if what if Jeff Bezos changed business to basis? Like he just just changed the word. Yeah. Like he was like, I'm so powerful. I'm changing Eng- English. Ch- I'm changing. I'm changing because I am the best at business.
0: Okay, so you're not saying he's changing it, he's just being a guy who will always,
1: who puts his name into things that don't, doesn't need it? Well, but then he will insist that everyone, I mean, he's going to be so powerful, he will insist everyone at Amazon use it. And then he's going to every book that uses the word business, replace it with business. Like? How to succeed in business without really trying?
0: Um, I don't know another, I don't know any books with the word business in them. Uh, <laughs> Big
1: Business I- with Bette Midler. Of course, now we no will have to be Bit Midler. Okay. Uh, stop me, please, before I go. No, I, I
0: can like recognize the dying pit. So, um, <laughs> the uh, those are our editions. Go check out your local libraries, local digital downloads that are, or, or local library provided digital download sources, or um, go to your local secondhand or just brick and mortar bookstore and pick up a copy of the Lost World and read along with us. So now,
1: now. We can talk about the cover. Now let's get in. Talk about the cover. Please talk about the cover. I'm going to talk about the cover, and I want to talk about the cover because this is an actual <sighs> moment of kind of embarrassing hubris. Not maybe not hubris, but it was embarrassment for me. This is not a bit. It Sounds like a bit. It really wasn't. I always Kindle always starts you on like uh, where it thinks you want to be. You know, but chapter one, maybe the foreword, uh, table of contents. Sometimes. They they fuck that up and you have to skip backwards. So I always just matter of matter of course I go to the very beginning. I want to see what cover image they've used. It's going to be black and white. Um, but this time I go all the way to the beginning. And on the title page of the Kindle it says the lost world, and there's a low contrast grayscale image of a just a simple uh, like a home icon. And I'm just looking at that and I'm like, Phew, what a random house. Oh. And I felt like an <laughs> idiot.
0: <laughs> what is this random house doing here? Does it make any sense?
1: <laughs> and it was, it was like, it was like dumb. And then I'm like, maybe it's not. And I skip forward. Random house, public. Like, Fuck. I'm an idiot. Honey, oh, who God. let penguins into my book? It's <laughs> <laughs> so close. Oh. Oh, it almost flooded the septum, you bastard.
0: Del Rey? Did Lana make this book?
1: <laughs> How many more can you do?
0: Pocket books? Oh, I get it, because it's a kangaroo.
1: I think the kangaroo came later. I think it's because you used to be able to fit the paperback into your pocket.
0: Yeah, that's bullshit, though. I mean, look at it, Like, you, you go ahead and you try to fit Salem's lot into your pocket. Well, no, you've,
1: I mean, they've got the, like, the trade paperbacks now. I used to work in a bookstore. I know the lingo.
0: Simon and Schuster, didn't they invent Superman? It's a deep cut. Uh, Tor. <laughs> 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 Alright, let's Okay.
1: Okay. Okay. So now that the cover embarrassment's out of the way. Is that get we can start the book now? Yeah. Do do the Kindle versions actually have covers? sometimes it's gonna it's 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 not unlike this screensaver picture here where it's just a grayscale image mm. and usually it's just the cover of the book this time it was like a really cheap knockoff like they couldn't be bothered like they got it they got the print copy and the image was not included they so they just blew up the random house logo Hmm. weird okay so then that
0: should bring us to introduction
1: extinction at the kt
0: boundary how you being that you don't know anything about uh natural history did you <laughs> already know about the iridium layer
1: um when they started mentioning iridium i was able to make the leap to meteors before they brought up meteors okay if that makes sense yeah um i will say i thought it had a hell of an opening line the the book or iridium um the book Yeah, okay, that's what it was. In the late twentieth century, the late twentieth century has witnessed a remarkable growth in scientific interest in the subject of extinction. Mm. I don't know. It just made me go, "Oh, that's what we're going to be talking about." God damn it! (laughs) He's not wrong. Nope. No, he's not. Um, but what do you know of iridium and meteors? I just knew iridium as uh, big and oakley sunglasses lenses. Well, no,
0: I mean uh, so basically so sometimes you'll find uh, eh, craters in the ground, different places and there's different ways to determine if they're like old volcanoes or if they are meteor impact sites. And one of the biggest way one of the biggest telltale science is if you can find traces of iridium in the area. Um, so if you can find, particles of iridium then it's it's a pretty good sign that the thing that caused this geographic like feature uh came from a a meteor Upstairs or downstairs yeah basically so uh so i i've and i've known about the 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 kt boundary and that because i I took uh astronomy in college and in high school so like you know you learn little bits of things like that like Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, so this is a big. This is one of the most easily uh, identifiable, like geog, uh, geological, uh, like mile well, markers. Like, sure. like yeah, yeah, yeah. If you were looking at, because that's the way rock works. It's, it's kind of like you're looking at you're looking at history. Right. You're looking at times when things happened as documented by by sediment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once you get to the KT boundary, it's like this big line that's like, you know, bam. 65 million years ago right here bruh and uh, i was i was like it was that thing where i was reading through and i was just
1: like oh yeah i know i know some of this stuff so that's really cool i didn't know yeah i didn't know that nor that you had that uh foundation hey it's more it's, than i it's got. a it's a
0: you could say it's it's a little bit of a bedrock
1: i'm sorry everyone it wasn't on purpose i didn't know i didn't know he didn't know <laughs> i have more about this uh, introduction Please t- talk more about this. I do,
0: I do too. You okay. were saying something about iridium, or I don't
1: know. No, I I'd say I didn't know anything about iridium. You
0: told me all cool. about iridium.
1: let You tell me things. Uh, we're in fiction. I didn't realize that. I thought this was. I, I forgot he did that. That Michael Crichton like took all the facts and interesting things and then just kind of melded it with his fiction because suddenly Ian Malcolm's speaking, and I'm like, oh, right. oh, we're here. Oh, oh, okay. I thought this was like one of those setting the scene things. Uh, but no, we're actually in it. So here we are. I don't know. I, I had this powerful reaction. I feel like it was more strong in context, but maybe you can talk on it too. There is a line in the book, behavior can cease to be responsive to the environment and lead to decline and death. Yeah, I have things to say about that. Oh, good. Because I was just like, fuck this book. Um, Not in a bad way, but in the thank you for calling my attention to everything outside right now.
0: Well, okay. yeah, But if you can detach yourself from that and think about how they're talking about it in the book mm. which is talking about prehistoric animals who do, arguably didn't have the cognition to comprehend that their in, in this assertion their behavior on mass n- changed in a way that was so self-destructive that they were became extinct that seems like a dumb hypothesis Wait, say that again? I mean, if I I have trouble sometimes with these these things and comprehending them, so if I've fucked up, let me know. But from what I understand, Malcolm's argument is that somehow dinosaurs all could have changed their behavior in a negative way that led to their extinction and therefore isn't necessarily related to the catastrophic impact event. That very likely caused a mass.
1: That, that also just happened to coincide with a mass extinction event. That's very Malcolm. I, I what I got from it was dinosaurs as a whole stopped adapting. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. And, and just like just like the species kind of just get. Well, that's I think that's what he's trying to posit, and what the book is. But going it's to not try a to, species. It's a. It's,
0: it's, a, a, it's a, a race. No, it's it's a um,
1: genus. Sure. Sure. It's Absolutely. so it's, it's okay. much. I use the wrong word. That's like Di- saying. Dinosaur. All- dinosaur. That's the word sure, it is, but, right?
0: But again, like if you, that's like saying, you know, I don't know, like, God, you know, bugs, all, all invertebrates just stopped. And it's stopped. Just they stopped evolving. And it's like, based on what? Based, like they're they were massively diverse. They they had plenty. I, I mean, I, here's my problem. Okay, OK, let's let's just take a step back. OK, my actual first note is that uh a lot of this shit is is Suggested and in no way cited Or backed up um, And it is fiction and it is a lecture In a fiction book But it, it, I, it just hit me with all these questions I had Where I was like, excuse me, can you go back Can you go back to this <laughs> notion that Mammals Average lifespan as a species Is, or for each species Is around 4 million years Tell me how that is something that is Known tell me that sure because it certainly seems like mammalia have been around as a again i don't i don't think it's a i don't know if it's a genus or what because i'm not that good at this but like they've been around since before dinosaurs so i i mean i get what they're like so in that in that sense evolution has to continue to change for these for, for the 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 eventual ancestor versions of you know, ancestral versions of these things to have to be so different from the modern day versions. Mm -hmm. Like there, I saw this story about a prehistoric dog that was thawed out from some, some permafrost recently. Yeah. It's like incredibly well, like it's, it's in super good condition, like disturbingly good condition. Like you can see fur and skin and flesh and teeth that are still in the, like, it's just gorgeous. When they were, they did a DNA test on it to determine it's called, uh, I think it's called, uh, shit do- doga or something like that. I don't remember. I, I should really know more about this. Um, unfortunately I'm using both of my d- like Googling devices for this fucking podcast. Um, so I can't just like, I need to get an iPad is what I you need. Do. You um, need to get
1: an iPad. I need to get a MacBook.
0: Anyway, they did some DNA testing on to determine whether or not it was a dog or a wolf. And the results that came back said that the animal itself was actually neither, but also both in this very strange way which sort of suggests that this animal existed at a period of time where we believe dogs were being domesticated or wolves were being domesticated and could it, it suggests that this could be sort of not in any sort of uh, concrete sense but kind of like a missing link between the the transition between domestication in, in modern and, modern and, day
1: dogs and big paw
0: right uh, or, or, like, it could also be a ancestor of both. Like, it could be the thing that they both spawned from and split from. So, like, we we often think about dog evolution as being like, oh, it's just all dogs are wolves. And it's like, well, what if all wolves and all dogs are actually both this other thing? Sure, sure, sure. And they both spread away from there. Like, you know, African and Indian elephants are both pachyderms, but they're also entirely different species with different traits and et cetera's. So and, and one didn't come from the other necessarily it, you know it's it's just how evolutionary trees work. So what I'm saying is like I would love to have heard and if he had just given me a little bit more information it would have been nice about like why this this clock this 4 million year clock is on mammals um, why that's significant like what 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 are you trying to say because with that are you trying to say that humanity has a has a you know time limit
1: well, I think I, I, he's been saying that.
0: Right, but I think it's also sort of hu- it, it's pretty uh it's pretty arrogant to 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 forget that just because we can we perceive time at such a fast rate in terms of geologic time right. or you know, uh astronomic time. Sure. Like it doesn't mean like, like, it doesn't mean anything is actually slowing down. Like, for example, I've heard this thing about... Uh, for a couple of years... Uh, I don't know where I heard it from. It's probably bullshit. But I've heard this idea suggested that humanity or humans have essentially stopped evolving. And I don't know enough about these things. I'd be interested to read what that says. Perhaps there's some merit to it. But my question that I would love to see have it been addressed in methodology on the subject is... Okay, how... Do we really know that, or are we just guessing? Right, because evolution
1: is a super slow process. Right, we can't per, or, we can't really perceive the amount of time that right. needs to to affect biological changes.
0: Right, or or, or we know like like you know humans' uh, reproductive cycles are pretty slow comparative to other things that we can observe evolution in, like dogs or like birds or or lots of different things. So, is there some sort of like? Anthropological evidence that suggests that humans haven't really evolved in millions of years. Like, what's the scale? Like, are those are these questions I have that I shouldn't be looking f- I shouldn't be looking for the answers to these questions in a fiction book. But it bothers me when he spends this amount of time on these these real-world theories and facts and things, and then doesn't give me enough to Understand them, and he also doesn't tell me where to go right. to understand them better. If he's not going to provide it, he also doesn't provide it for me.
1: And that, I which I just kinda... kind
0: of resent, he has no responsibility to do that. Really, it's he's it's just telling a story, but like it just it, it. I'm just simply trying to describe that it's like it feels like I have a pebble in my shoe. Sure, sure, and and I don't like it.
1: And I feel I, I mean it feels like it, it's 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 uh, related to what I remember being the aimlessness of this book. Ah. Uh. And I'm, as we will see, as we progress through this, um, I, I, I feel like I'm at a, I, I've made peace with my, with my memory of the book and I'm taking the book on its own term during this read through, but so far I'm not uber impressed. Well, like I, I, I thing,
0: like, yeah, like the same, but. Um, Another another note I have about Malcolm's uh, treatise here is that he he makes this comparison about how rainforests have expanded and they're new and like as if to say it's okay that we're. Not being careful with our treatment of them, with that we're not conserving them because geologically, you know, like in the in the lifespan of the planet, the concept of a rainforest is actually pretty new. So you know, don't get. There's no reason to be attached to them. Is kind of the argument I've read into this, it, which I I just feel like, okay, fine, but like it's like it's literally the opposite of what Malcolm says in the first book, right? When he talks about when he talks yeah. about condors, he literally says or at least in the movie, he literally says, "This we're not talking about a species that's, that died off because of deforestation or the building of a dam. And that's what's happening with the Amazon and all these other species, is that, sure, let's say geologically you're on the lifespan of the planet – these environments and habitats are relatively new but they're also teeming with biodiversity and there's a lot of value in that so to ignore to say and suggest that their destruction is not that I- imperative to the life on earth or valuable because that's really what he's saying is it's not that valuable to preserve these things simply because they're novel or because they are uh, not that useful to you at the moment in any other way that you can perceive is or, or is also sort of dismissive of the impact humans are having on our environment which has expanded to beyond our hunter gathering groups to be fucking global arguably intersolar like <laughs> we're going we're we're going out and touching other celestial bodies our sphere of influence has ballooned beyond our own planet. Mm -hmm. That means that we should be responsible for it. If you piss in your watering hole, you're going to be drinking it. So don't do that. (laughs) Like anyway, I, what were you going to say to my rambles?
1: Unless Malcolm is so pedantic, he's only taking issue with the bad arguments of, of, which I think he might be, which, which uh, is fucking (sighs) shitty. It is it is shitty and it makes him a less compelling character. <laughs> and it,
0: but it's what I talked about in the last couple episodes of the last book too. Mm-hmm. This idea that he he goes around being like you can't possibly destroy the planet, and it's like, dude, no one should no one should be having that conversation. You're supposed to be an intellectual, and yet you here here you are making like a bad argument. <laughs> You're making a really dumb and bad argument please don't like it, it felt it feels insulting so this book unfortunately for me the lost world picked up on the same note that was the, like the bad taste that was stuck in my mouth from that section of jurassic sure. park sure. it starts off with that and i was like mm. "Ooh, ooh, i don't like this this tastes like battery acid i would like <laughs> to not have that in my mouth last time um last thing okay this is Okay, this is a big one, okay? This is a big problem I have with one of the things he... He just offhand says some shit here in this introduction that was, like, really set me off with, like, you are being a dickbag, and I don't think you understand, and I'm going to try to forgive you for writing this book 30 years ago and not understanding the gravity of the thing you were talking about. Because, like, okay. (laughs) So, um... This is the last thing I have to say about, uh, Malcolm's bullshit in the introduction. Okay. So at some point in the introduction, he has this like throwaway line where he says, if the seas dry up or become more salty,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then of course ocean plankton will die. And he says, he, he refers to them as quote, simple animals. As if to say that because they're just simple animals, it's understandable that they couldn't hack it like us complex animals. So I'm going to take a pause here... And just try to underline the fucking point of the first book. Which is that... You can't... You should not... It's a huge warning about looking at complex systems and oversimplifying them. So in this exact moment... Crichton, through the filter of Ian Malcolm, is suggesting that, in my opinion, I read this as suggesting that if, if ocean plankton die off, eh, no big loss. So let me tell you about how big a fucking loss that would be. So as far as I understand it, ocean plankton are incredibly important to life on Earth. Uh, and here's sort of why. They're, they're, they're a really important part of the ocean food chain. So... Basically, ocean plankton are these little tiny like creatures that uh, little like small fish eat that are then eaten by bigger fish that are then eaten by bigger fish that are then eaten by bigger fish and sharks and orcas etc. So they're like the start of this thing. They're also the thing along with krill that huge like mammoth uh, leviathans eat like big whales, baleen whales eat this stuff. It's one of their main sources of food. So a huge chunk of ocean life. Depends on this one thing being around. They're also, yes, very sensitive to oversalination of of ocean waters. Also, heightening of temperatures, increasing ocean temperatures, are also not great for them. Same as with the the uh, reefs and and especially the Great Barrier Reef reef. It's really not great to be uh, oversalinating the water and also rising its temperatures. So, there's that just on that level. Also, uh, it's been uh, supposed that ocean plankton also perform an incredibly important role in our um in global warming mm-hmm. so what, what what plankton and krill do is there's a lot of them right and so they're just in the fucking ocean so so but they're also tiny and their 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 bodies uh, reflect light so what they do is they sit on the surface of the ocean, the sun shines down on them, and hits them, and their little bodies reflect that light back out. So their little bodies absorb the solar energy and shoot that light back out, keeping ocean temperatures lower. Now, granted, you might be thinking, that's fucking stupid, these are tiny little creatures, how could they fucking possibly do have that much of an impact on the entire ocean? The ocean is so big. I would never. Yes. <laughs> and, there are a gajillion plankton and a gajillion krill. And when you put a gajillion of anything into a, into any like container, it's going to fill up (laughs) even if they're tiny. So if ocean temperatures rise or become more salty, plankton and krill will die, which will reduce their numbers, which will reduce, reduce ocean surface reflexivity, which will in turn Cause that heat that comes from the sun to hit the ocean unprotected by the bodies of the krill and the, in the plankton and the water itself will absorb that heat and not reflect it back out, which means that if the water warms up, that means the, the thing that sits in water and keeps it cold, like glacial ice will be warmed from the outside temperature of the water, which will cause it to melt, which will cause uh, glaciers to calve and and break down and 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 reduce in size recede so uh it's really important if you don't fucking believe me that that's happening i just offer a small little uh a small science fair level experiment that you should try out and it goes like this get your bathtub fill it up with water get a get one of those like hot tub uh floaty thermometers okay Fill up your bathtub with water. You don't even have to make it warm water. Just make it like lukewarm water. Just room temperature water. Then get a like a big halogen lamp and shine it on the water. And after some amount of time, let's say two hours, probably doesn't even need to be that long. But let's just say give it some good time and say two hours. Uh, if this is not a good time and that ends up setting your bathtub on fire, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but set yourself a time that you think would be a good amount of time and experiment further. My bet is that, that water temperature will have gone up from the lukewarm time that you put, that you, that you warmed, you filled it up with. So, and that's because if the water is clear, which it should be, then the light from the lamp will be able to penetrate the surface of the water and warm it all up from the inside. So that's do that. Look at those numbers. Do all that. Empty the tub. Um, Start the tub up again. Fill it again. But this time, put in the average amount of Mr. Bubbles. Put in some some bubble bath. Once the bubble bath is up and the temperature is good, and the, or the, the temperature is lukewarm and the water is full of, of bubbles, toss your uh, thermometer in the water, turn on the halogen lamp with the bubbles on top, and set your time limit for the same. Come back, check the temperature. I would bet you that the temperature of the water would be lower with the bubbles because the bubbles are providing a reflective barrier on the surface that will not only absorb but also bounce out heat and energy. So that's what fucking Plankton and Krill do. So Michael Crichton, Ian Malcolm, don't be so dismissive of small things just because you don't have the time to consider how
1: important they might be. I agree with everything you said. Except Ian's motivation. Okay. I think he was trying to make his point about complex animals become extinct, not because of a change in their physical adaptation to an environment, and just use the krill as an example of a species that is dependent on its environment. Just to set that up so he can move into the topic about the more complex animals and how... Really, I think he's talking about humans and the analogy of dinosaurs is a bad one, uh, but how they can affect their environment and choose not to do the things that are good for them, as opposed to Krill, which if this happens, they die. If that happens, they die. They're dependent on it. That's all I think all he was saying.
0: And that, and that and that again, that's that's probably accurate. What you're saying um that that was his his uh attitude and his attempt at where he was coming from. My my problem is, again, like I think this book like you've mentioned, you think this book was written in a rush.
1: Oh, cash grab.
0: <laughs> and I kind of, I'm kind of suspicious of that Yeah. in the way some of the sentences are constructed. And I think this might be one of those instances where the concept wasn't clarified very well. Like sure. the addition of the idea of Krill in this moment feels like it's in the middle of an independent thought.
1: Mm. And so
0: this comes in and as an example to prove that thought before the thought is finished. And so that's confuses someone like me um, yeah. and I, and it's hard to really like get all of it in the, in the one go around, but okay, I can appreciate what you're saying. He was using it as an example of this environment that you can't control. Right. But also this other, it thing. wasn't even his a again,
1: statement. It was a supporting argument.
0: Right. But again, I think it talks, it, it, it talks about another thing that's not right. <laughs> it's, it's another, <laughs> it's, it's wrong. He's, sure. he's, he's still s- making the suggestion that dinosaurs did have some sort of control like again it's just that's con-
1: where it's what all yeah, those dinosaur just, factories i mean you saw the flintstones right mm-hmm. they're just they're just i don't know i don't fucking know it doesn't make sense it's a living the analogy doesn't <laughs> well what do you do at your job it's something vaguely Flintstonian um yeah I don't know what that like if we take the analogy if, if we look at all the points of the analogy it doesn't make any it doesn't hold up
0: I, I think my for me my my problem is that when when Malcolm's chaos theory philosophy or or his you know whatever wherever this comes from in the real world that you know Crichton is is deriving these concepts from mm-hmm the way that Crichton communicates them, in my opinion, the where it kind of falls apart is when he brings, like, philosophy into it. Um, and you could argue the whole thing's philosophy. But what I mean sure. is, like, um, it's the same thing where it's, like, it, I, I think it's impossible to control the weather. Because that was the big, you know, idea he brings up in the first book is, right. like, you know, complex weather systems, you know... A, a, uh, the butterfly effect effect he talks about this, but so it's not really easily or even potentially possibly uh effectable in a direct or or malleable or deliberate way, but that but again, that doesn't mean that what we are doing is <laughs> very specifically for what I understand about Crichton is not having a negative effect on something more complex like the climate mm-hmm. so It's like, it's like forest for trees with this guy at this point is how it feels. And I don't like that. That's it's bumming me out because I really felt like he had a lot of good points and thoughts in the first book.
1: Absolutely. it. uh, he doesn't feel like he has anything to say. Maybe that will change. And
0: I also will agree that sometimes, yes, species can, uh, make rapid radical changes, Mm -hmm. Or, or like, I think. Let me put it this way. I think that it goes both ways. You could make the argument that some species don't make changes enough that negatively affect them and lead to their extinction. I think you could more accurately argue that species have a tendency to, or at least humans, are having a or proving to have a tendency to make changes, like make changes that are actively leading to their destruction and the destruction of their environment. And they're not going to change off of that course. Right. Like, so where does the change start to make it fit for you? Is it the change that we started overproducing like carbon into the atmosphere or is it that we didn't stop doing it? Like, I don't know, man. It's not my argument, but it just feels like. I don't know what he's talking about. Like, I don't know what it is that humans are doing that he's alluding to that are leading to our demise, unless it's just bioengineering. Is is I think I think that might be it. I think these might be a fucking Frankenfish uh, guy. Like, uh, like, there was a moment later where he references that one of the bad things Dodson did was he made this potato and sold it to people. He genetically engineered a potato and sold it to people. Right, and gave kids And that diarrhea. upset him. Gave kids yeah. diarrhea. This is fear mongering bullshit. Like, that isn't how genetic engineering of 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 how all (laughs) isn't how all genetic engineering of food uh and produce goes like right literally the chickens you all eat the corn you all eat the wheat you all eat has been in some way eugenicized right (laughs) it's been genetically engineered to provide a yield that is maximized with its uh growth time So you want to have the largest yield of whatever the product is, so whether it's corn or chicken or whatever, with the shortest amount of like of growth time. So make the chicken fatter faster. That that choice of selectively breeding the fattest, fastest breeding chickens Mm -hmm. is the same, but slower as changing a DNA like molecule or adjusting it or, or removing a gene from a potato like strain or whatever you want to fucking call it that makes them more resistant to pesticides or more resistant to bugs something like that it's essentially the same just on a more like specifically like splicey level like a, a micro level as right. opposed to well i'm just gonna let this one chicken breed with this other chicken and we're gonna have fatter chickens so like i mean all i'm saying is Yes, I understand science is scary. I really get it. It's super scary. <laughs> There's so many things that science can do, and oh my goodness, I'm not educated enough to understand them. But that's the thing about science: is if you looked, if you, if you made yourself aware of it, like if you looked into yeah. it,
1: yeah, it's not our If you took
0: the time,
1: you can go you learn it. Anyone it can. It's
0: there for Anyone you can. if you want it. Right. You just have to want it, and the thing yeah. is, we don't. Americans, I'm going to I'm going to take the rest of the planet off the fucking table cuz I don't know other cultures almost at all, but I know our culture
1: <laughs>
0: extremely dumb, extremely uh interested in instant gratification, but also doesn't have the intelligence or the interest in learning enough to figure out how all of that works and then understand it and be okay with it or understand it and object to it yeah. because there's like <sighs> I don't know. I'm not I don't think that's actually really all that fair cuz you could look at things like cigarettes yeah. like sure and and global warming like we've we've definitely as a as our country has there's a there's a contingent of our country that's recognized these things that are bad that we thought were okay and then decided hey you know these things need to change we're going to work on changing them and there's yeah, always we really this really
1: had to beat people over the heads with it for a long time but to it's, get
0: that change but that's just human nature i, I think that that truly okay. is always going to be the case with everything think about oh. it you're talking about vaccines wearing masks um global warming seat belts like uh <laughs> age of consent like there are things that we have to go out and tell people don't do this and there will always be the same ignorant group of people that go don't tell me what to do
1: and they're always wrong (laughs) (laughs) i know we're not talking about all americans but if you're someone who's going to float that argument we're probably talking about you
0: if you're if you're gonna tell someone hey, let me tell you hey hey uh, if you marry your cousin and you have a kid with them that kid will probably have uh, there's a higher likelihood of having genetic uh, abnormalities or or you know problems but I guess you don't want to be told what to do I mean that being right. te- don't tell me what to do sounds Even like
1: auntie mama told you so
0: it's, yeah, it's the cry of someone who's actually saying I refuse to learn <laughs> I refuse to think about something. Anyway, I'm, I'm sorry. We're just we're in a uh, we have a terrible <laughs> so show, and we're in a the middle of a, of a of a of a fucking part, a, a moment in, in time that's really hard to live through, and it's tough to see this shit in fiction and and not uh, see awful parallels. Yes, like you mentioned earlier. So anyway, I guess what I'm saying is, if you're going to challenge this, the supposition or the suggestions of uh, the intelligentsia. <laughs> Perhaps bring a little bit with you as well. A little bit more so than for. N- uh. Yeah. Bring bring questions like and I, I I like okay. I'm not a smart person. I'm not an, a deeply well read person. I'm not an extremely intelligent person. But I know enough to know that when a fictional character like Ian Malcolm says some shit that seems wrong, I know enough to go, hmm. I'm not going to just blanketly reject what he said, but I'm going to build an argument to why I don't believe what he said is accurate. And then I'll try my hardest to communicate that information as clearly as possible in a a digestible manner so that other people can understand and potentially see my point. That's what we should all be trying to do. (laughs) Not hiding behind bumper stickers, not hiding behind fervor or cult of personality let's talk about what it is specifically that your issue is and we can talk about that issue mm-hmm. please do that I'm so glad that no one listens to our show <laughs> because like I feel like I'd have I would, most people have already turned this off so <laughs> what else did you have to say about the introduction not, not, not a thing i want to go to what I referred to as the prologue Life at the Edge
1: of Chaos. It's still in the introduction, maybe? I don't know what this... Yeah, I don't know what you call this. Introduction Part 2? I feel like maybe because we're moving more into the story now. It's it's the same content, but, like, first we had some backstory with little Ian Malcolm. Now we've got Ian Malcolm with the speech. And then we have the next part. The whole thing is one big prologue, but he felt the need to break it up into three sections. Right. Um, well,
0: my first note here is is just sort of general. I have like two general notes. Okay. Uh, the, the first one is I I okay I I've read what Crichton did when he brought back Malcolm, and I can say that yes, I do believe it was unsatisfying. Yeah. I I think
1: that that. <laughs> do you believe it was intended from book from the end of book one? That's where it doesn't it, it does it feels like it's a it's a retcon.
0: Yes. Well, he, considering he, in that his the... mind,
1: killed Crichton or, uh, 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 Malcolm off in 89, or whenever he fucking wrote it, uh, and, oh, I gotta bring him back, sure, but but up I mean, sure, I have no
0: reason to doubt that that's the case. It certainly seems like you could connect those dots. I don't know how much it really matters. And that's a good point. I think in the way it matters to me is how it was handled, and I don't think it was handled very well. Um... The idea where he feels like he's definitely adding a tacked on answer of like, you know, they even
1: pronounced me dead. I was legally dead. And see that's a period of time. That's that's a narrative untruth. The book told us he was dead, not the people in the book, the book. And that it technically that's not true. It feels like it's indicative of the entire book. And that's my worry. I'm going to try to, like, take at face value. But that feels to me like. Just on page one, if you don't count all the you know other pages, this is saying, "Hey, that's 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 how flimsy this book's gonna be."
0: Um, I, I don't think they actually said he was dead in the last book. I think what was actually said here. Here's the two moments that we talked about. Right? No, I I remember. But go ahead and 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 the first, yeah. For for those of us who maybe don't remember and don't want to go back and dig it out. Sure. The first moment is Grant asking. Robert Muldoon about Malcolm.
1: Oh yeah, it was Muldoon. Muldoon made it in the book. Yes. Okay. Sorry.
0: And Muldoon shakes his head, as if to say no. We don't get any any clarity about what that means until later, when there is a sentence that says someone says they wouldn't even let them bury Malcolm Uh or or uh, uh, what's his name Hammond. Uh, but, but see, you know who you that, wouldn't that was bury. not somebody who
1: said that. That was the that's where it. Is. that's the narration that was saying that.
0: Sure. Sure. So my point is, you know who you wouldn't bury? Someone who's alive. It is sort of odd to say that, but like I could walk around saying, They won't let me bury Rob. They won't let me do it. It would suggest you're dead, but it's not actually saying you're dead. That's 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 some lazy frog DNA in my opinion. I, I don't think it is frog DNA, but I do think it's lazy. Okay. Um, I I mean...
1: I think for all intents this, and no, purposes... No, no, this is...
0: This is... No, this isn't frog DNA. This is... You never told me he was my father. You told me he killed my father. Well, he sort of did from a certain point of view. Malcolm was sort of dead. See, he, They wouldn't let them bury him from a certain point of
1: view. Yes. Mm.
0: I'm not excusing it. I'm again I want to clarify, this is lazy. Okay. It, okay. It is, okay. It is lazy. It just my only point is at no point in the in Jurassic Park is it clarified explicitly that Ian Malcolm is dead. There are two
1: instances where it's suggested that he's uh-huh. dead. Uh-huh. Okay. So as disappointing as I find this. <laughs> it is at least competently written enough that it suggests that this could easily, this scene where he mentions all this could easily be months or even years, which it is, after the scene you described, where we cut to you know EMTs shocking him back to life, and he has right, to go through right. repairing necrosis and physical therapy and learning how to be a human again. And this could be years down the road. And I'm like, I guess, I guess you're, we're, I just, I'm left to fill in the gaps. Maybe this is the book that taught me how to do it maybe
0: i mean you've you've mentioned that frog dna is where you obviously you get that turn of phrase but um yeah i uh i would have preferred to read the thing that i suggested yeah because that would have i think been cleaner yeah even if that was the introduction even if that was the prologue of like we just start this book with that sequence with like someone being like like someone shouting in an emergency room, like, why'd you do that? I already pronounced him dead. Something oh, totally. like that. I mean, and then, he's then,
1: already yeah. proven he loves to go to the well of South American people being portrayed as simplistic and dumb. Someone could have just ma- accidentally pronounced him dead and, and and you see the body bag struggling and oh we've got a live one kind of thing.
0: Except that at a certain except that at a certain point in these chapters he does reference that the Costa
1: Rican healthcare system is like one of the best in the world. Yeah, but he also has Diego on the island not paying attention to what Levine is saying Levine he
0: also has the in the first book's prologue introduction this thing where they take a dying man to a veterinarian
1: yeah no no she was a doctor she was a doctor
0: oh was she I, yeah. for some reason I felt like there was a vet situation yeah, she, happening. Was,
1: she was the, but, but remember You're right. her You're right. her, her, uh, her assistant who was super competent suddenly got super superstitious yeah, and that was the thing you didn't like yeah that's yeah. what I didn't like so that's that's what I'm saying anyways, I'm done with that prologue. if you have more to say, we can go there
0: I do I think one of the things I'm interested in with this book is seeing the themes in it
1: mm-hmm.
0: because if I can pick up any because the theme in the last book was real strong right and right. real clear it was like a it was like a thick red line it was like right here stare at me um i, I and so far all I can really get is that it's a story about and we're not that far into it but my guess my guess at an early theme uh would have to do with essentially like unfinished business right like or or like the fear of an attacker like if you are sur- if you're the survivor of an assault and you know you're attacker then you're always going to be afraid around them, and you're never okay. going to be like really. You're never. Gonna, you're probably never going to really feel safe unless you go through a lot of therapy until you know. This is like what people say about their attackers when they go to prison. Why? Like why? Uh, convicting one of the reasons, many reasons why convicting like sexual assault, like assaulters, is so important is because these victims get one of the many traumas and 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 horrible things that happen to these these people is that they have this, uh, sometimes they have this feeling of being pursued constantly. They're like constantly feeling this ever-present like danger. Mm-hmm. So if you you can help that process th- to help these people who've already been victimized to an unbelievable degree, uh, besides justice, besides upholding the law, you can help these people individually by putting the people that caused this thing to happen to them away in a place where they can't get out and mm-hmm. or presumably shouldn't. Or should have a really hard time trying to, <laughs> and so that they be, it helps these people feel safe and to be able to move on and and continue with their lives. This kind of feels like Malcolm is that is that person. Like they talk about him having these nightmares when he's under sedation, or or, or and, and describing things and saying things and, and sweating, and he has this like these different behavioral ticks that sound to me like PTSD. A, a, Uh, Yeah, like uh, exactly PTSD, someone who survived trauma, but someone who survived trauma. And then this story is about the thing that caused him trauma coming back and him having to confront it. And so I'm at a certain point later, um, I'm probably jumping the gun here, but there's a moment where Malcolm turns from saying, I have zero interest in doing this to sure. If you hear something, I'll absolutely help you. And it happens in the span of a page. Right. And there's no real justification for that transition
1: i think there was a time jump at least
0: maybe but in but in the way but, but again like there should be information there you're absolutely that communicates right to we will get to that because i think what, I've his, got notes what the too. reasoning is and yes and my only justification eventually became oh you know he's he's behaving kind of similar to someone who is worried that their attacker is going to come back mm-hmm. and is going through the process of like protecting themselves and going through the process of making sure that it's not happening, that it's not real. I don't have a good example, but like if you think about like slasher films, let's take it away from the real world horrors <laughs> of of awful attacks and go to fictional ones. I think there are I can't remember I can't come up with a good example here. But like that's sort of a thing about a character like like Jason Voorhees is this idea that he can never go away. He never goes away because he represents this this persistent trauma that like like is a, is very difficult to deal with. Right, uh, gets perpetually more difficult to deal with. Um, so these people who think that they've gotten rid of him have to end up dealing with him when he comes back again because they were wrong something else triggered them something else caused these feelings to come back Mm -hmm. something like that so it kind of feels like uh malcolm's in that scenario and sometimes his motivations come off that way but we can get to that i'll when we get to that i'll just say this is what i was talking about (laughs) my uh last note for the prologue is that uh levine is correct that it is silly to suggest that an entire genus of animals went extinct because they didn't change their behavior as if like, or, or, or rather that they did change their behavior and that made them go extinct. Like, again, we are a primate. If we did it to ourselves, that's one species. That's not a plethora
1: of species. I think, I feel like what Malcolm was trying to get at is just, is that for whatever reason, the thing that makes us evolve stopped working and, he didn't do it well i mean maybe maybe it is that he didn't do it well but
0: my memory my interpretation of that section is that he just says that you know we uh that it's that the changes that they changed or they didn't change fast enough and it's like but he attributes it to behavior he doesn't attribute it to like environmental stimuli that selects out traits that are better for adapting to these changes because that's what evolution is like yeah it's strange it's so it, 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 it's it so was, odd
1: it was it was it was too vague, far too vague yeah.
0: and, and and I don't know it, I, maybe it makes more sense on a second read uh or if you have a KI explain it <laughs> i didn't I didn't like it I felt like it was bad arguing. it was a bad way to start the book I just didn't like how he starts the book I mean Fair to take it down to the brass tacks. didn't like the way he starts the book anyway uh I think that brings us to prologue part two
1: <laughs> the lost world hypothesis.
0: I have a note on page four nineteen. I don't know what
1: page oh, that is. Oh shit. Oh, they didn't they didn't start numbers over? No, it's a big book. It's a Okay. Um Oh, okay, so my first it was on page six or seven, Kindle. Uh when he made it So this is exactly what I felt you were talking about. Um in the last book when he mentioned his we're not gonna destroy the earth. That's not a problem. Right. Uh, and you did not like that line of reasoning, and I tried to defend it. Here, I felt he was equally obnoxious with his humans not being sentient. Right. Yeah, it's kind of in keeping with his character. If I'm not supposed to like him. Yeah, I, but uh... it felt like a different variant on. Huh. I guess there's. I hope there's intelligent life somewhere in the galaxy because it's not here. Huh. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, man.
0: Yeah, it like, felt. Are you
1: supposed to be a dick? Because I thought you were the hero of the book.
0: Right, it. I mean, I get why Hammond hates him. Um, it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's that Malcolm was coming through, not the fun yeah, Malcolm, exactly. And in that sense, if that's deliberate, if Crichton is deliberately doing that, hats off, man. I figured it out. But it's. It, I mean, like you said, he's the hero of the book. It is surprising
1: to make your hero unlikable. Right, like his his entire opening. That you that we've not liked would make total sense if he's just so traumatized by his experience, he's not thinking critically. Right, but he also that has this sort of
0: like. No, I'm telling you, he he. I, I'm feeling the superciliousness of him, <laughs> um, like the 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 conceitedness, the pompousness, the arrogance that the like. Perhaps Crichton is doing a terrific job of actually conveying that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hammond mentions it a lot in the last book, and I can tell you, I felt it here. Like this idea where he says he says something at some point in these chapters where he says something like, uh, these these conferences, no one no one brings any interesting ideas." And it's like, oh, go fucking do some beat poetry, you shit! <laughs> like, snap it up, you fuck. Um, this like, so yeah, I I think that Malcolm's right here. He talks about like humans being stupid and uh, emotionally decisive species. Like we we make decisions and we go to war over belief systems and that that is not observable in any other species and it's also incredibly silly and destructive. It has very little to do with our own evolutionary success. It has very little to do with uh, whether or not we can uh, advance enough to the point where our individuals can breed and it has very little to do with uh, getting food. Is basically the two main things about surviving. Uh you're throwing shelter in there and you got them all. So right. he's not wrong. It is a dumb social reason to fight. My problem is he doesn't he just he just stews in it. He doesn't offer any talking about not having ideas, he doesn't offer anything. He just sits there and says He's like us. He's like the death readers. He's just sitting here complaining about something and not doing anything to contribute or change. Like he's a he's just being a a shitty fucking critic. And like that is dumb. Like that's not helpful. (laughs) Like it doesn't it doesn't it's not really contributing that much, in my opinion, just to say something sucks. Right. You got to do more than that. And so my question is, Malcolm, when are you going to get off your ass and do something about it? Like, when are you going what are you going to do? with all your grand complaints about nobody having good ideas or shit. And I don't know what he is going to do. And I don't know when he's going to do it, but it's that it's the same thing. It's like hearing someone be like, you know, it's like hearing a teenager complain about politics and it's like, right. well, make sure you vote when you can, or like, you know, like make sure you remember these feelings and actually go out and make sure your voice is heard. Do you you have any interest in getting communities organized? Do you have any interest in like, you know canvassing (laughs) like these are all things you can do that are active instead of just whining and then he even goes the step further of being even more like repulsive by uh (laughs) then whining about how no one listens to him whining (laughs) or how nobody whines as good as he whines and it's just like dude i hammond was right (laughs) like you are a dick (laughs) My next notes on page, I have two notes on page 421, which if, if this page, if I'm guessing this is yours, the same page. So I'm guessing your page seven is my page 419
1: for now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, do you have any more notes in this chapter? On this chapter? I've got, I've got actually a couple, um, okay. one I specifically want to talk about and the others I just, I can just burn through. I'm going to burn
0: through one real quick. Cause it's really not good. Okay. I'll burn through two real quick. <laughs> One, Crichton mentions the Congo, and I just thought, okay, we get it. <laughs> we get it, man. You Integrated marketing. I get it. The other one is, oh, well, my, to finish that thought is like, you know, he just keeps going back to these idea wells, you know, like mm-hmm. crazy amusement park that kills people and gorillas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Amy Pratt. <present>. Um, <laughs> The last one, or one of the last ones here, really quick, uh, one of the things that uh, Levine says back to him is something like, absence of proof is not proof, proof of absence. Of...
1: <laughs> Perhaps right, not, but it. absence it. of proof is not proof of absence. I've got, that's my note, but go ahead. All, all I'm, all I'm going to say on it, and
0: before you go and then I'll respond to what you say, is, uh, it sounds Confucian. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh in uh-huh. in that in the uh, the sphinx sort of way yep. in, in like a but also that let's not forget that uh persistence without proof isn't science it's faith
1: yes that's thank you uh because what i have to say might break your heart a little bit i don't know it broke mine oh okay um absence of proof is not proof of absence sure that's a truism i can say i all that means to me is I can't say with certainty X. Right. Fine. Um, well, it's a little harder than that. It's a little more, str- it's a little stronger than that, but go ahead. Sure. Whatever, whatever. I, I, I'm not, I'm not contending with it, but it, my problem with this specific thing is in the Kindle, you can have a feature where you can see when somebody else has highlighted something because it's so fucking profound or they just really like it. Okay and this line had 470 highlights because it was just like deep man oh god and that made me that that made me a little sad that took me i was like no <sighs> you're the you're the bigfoot people aren't you <laughs> <laughs> and that was that just that just broke my heart a little cuz i'm like sure it's true but also and that's not the end of your argument right there's more coming. Right. You you do
0: intend on having a point in this <laughs> dinosaur argument.
1: <sighs> yeah, I uh, that sucks. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. No, it doesn't surprise me, but sometimes I like to be not reminded.
0: No, I mean, yeah, like you... <sighs> I, I mean, I'm not a person of faith. I... I, I well... I'm a person. But by of, which you uh, mean, not
1: spiritual faith or religious faith? Yeah, because I can understand having faith in something. Well, and you, the argument, the the, the weak argument, in gravity. Well, I guess that's demonstrable. Exactly.
0: the The argument I always get in response back from dummies who uh, suggest that, well, you have a faith in, in science, right? Like it's like, well, oh, no. the thing about having, the thing about having faith in science is a, a full understanding and comprehension of the idea that if if all the books in on science and all the information we have suddenly evaporated and we persisted in understanding them again, if we comprehended reason and were able to build on the work of people in the past, because it will take thousands of years again, uh, we would come to the same fucking conclusions again. Right. And that's and not, that's so not, thus it's not faith. It's not faith. It's it's science yeah you can say it's the actual understanding of how the universe works whereas we've proven that there are multiple sources of people or, or multiple cultures that have different creation myths different structures of religion different religions um and they're not any of them right they're not and by that i mean they're not like and this is so fucking pedantic and stupid and feels i feel so juvenile having this conversation but like it's it's, it's uh, the idea is that they're they're not empirical right okay they can be fine for you you can elect to, to to worship and to have faith but they're it's not the same and it bums me out how few people really comprehend that or think they're being deep by being like no nah, man that's faith and it's like it's it's literally just understanding <laughs> it's not it's not faith. I'm not believing it. I trust that it will that I if I went through all the processes I would come to the same fucking conclusion or I could comprehend the re- the reason and rationale and evidence that leads to that conclusion. So, yes, absence of proof is not proof of absence. You can see that in things like water on Mars. It took a long time to find it or to figure out that it had been there
1: mm-hmm.
0: in the past and that's why we have the quote canals on Mars lots of little things like like germs certain point in time didn't know they were there figured it out <laughs> <laughs>
1: well I'm gonna do my last three notes in this chapter
0: i have one more so you go ahead
1: okay uh so apparently uh i feel like it's levine i, I don't know why i always want to say Levine. i keep
0: saying levine because i've said adam levine in and my i notes. say ted I levine adam levine in my notes
1: But I've been corrected by someone whose name is Irvine and insists that anybody named Levine would have gotten Levine all the time and gotten sick of correcting it. So I don't know. I don't know. There is an E at the end, so it makes me want to pronounce the I. So Levine makes sense. Uh, Levine's a plug and play Hammond. Sure. Mm. Uh, Trikes. They never mentioned Trikes. Did they?
0: The movie. What?
1: The movie does. Uh, no, 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 no. Did they use, no, no. Specifically Harding says when Malcolm was delirious, he referred to the dinosaurs with, um, uh, like nicknames, like slang, like compies, raptors, trikes. Someone you said trikes in
0: the first movie. Yes.
1: All right. Then I'll have more on that later. That's fine. Uh, And Harding is getting calls from Levine now that that seemed like they glossed over any sort of, oh, and I can use you, too, right? Because you're helpful in some way. She was just sitting there at lunch and suddenly they cut to 18 months later and she's been getting calls from him. It just felt so rushed.
0: That's that's my last note, too, is that like this part where Malcolm sends her letters to say something like, thank God you don't have to talk to him every day. He's driving me crazy. Right. Or, or even like at the lunch table where he's like at the lunch table, he says something like, yes, if something changes, call me, I'll absolutely help you. And maybe that we're missing like inflection, something an actor would provide, um, something an author could, uh, write.
1: Well, um, in that case, I'm going to jump. I think I have a note somewhere else. I'm just going to say it now. Cause I don't want to go back to this. Well, uh, okay. there's a scene later where someone refers to the two of them as friends. Where apparently they've they've built up friendships, Mike Malcolm and Levine, over the last eighteen months. Oh, wow! And it's just like, this is this is a whirlwind. This is well, insane. exactly.
0: This is this this is yeah. This is problematic. It doesn't make. I, I wish there was justification, and that's why I was saying earlier about the whole Malcolm's trying to. Uh, sh- okay, so I, I I guess it's it's written like Malcolm is just on board. That's how I read it. Right. But then when I was thinking about it, I was thinking, well, what if Malcolm has like a hidden motive? He's been doing really good. He's been doing really good throughout this whole book of not answering questions and responding to questions with questions. Mm -hmm. He's been like very deliberately, very uh, intelligently hearing someone say, Malcolm, are there dinosaurs in, in Costa Rica? And his response is, do you believe there are? Right. And then they go off. And I was like, "Oh, this is like an FBI technique. This is like an interrogation thing where you get people who think they're questioning you to actually answer questions you want to know, right? By flipping it on them and uh, and and responding with questions that are getting at the heart of what they actually want to talk about, which is to share their information. So, and they don't realize it. They don't. They don't follow along and see what the, what has happened to them. So my my I thinking is that." That's where my idea for what if Malcolm's going through all this rigmarole? What if he's assisting because he's actually scared? Mm -hmm. He's actually, he's afraid that the dinosaurs didn't all die off, that he's correct, that life will find a way, that they will make it off, that they will, that there's something else out there that is lurking and waiting to like hatch, if you will. Yes. And so his, his insistence here is really more about he needs to know definitively if the cat in the box is alive or dead right he needs to open it and find out and he'll handle it one way or the other but he can't continue living without knowing and they don't tell us that i'm frog dnaing that but i kind of see it i kind of see it in his behaviors sure. a little bit so in a sense it's like showing not telling in in a very light sense it could be that and the reason i say in a light sense is because earlier i think there was a moment where they did, I forget what it was, it might have been the Iridium layer, but it was something that just beat me over the head with talking about this bump. and I was like, I, I know man, like I, I knew but okay, thanks for clarifying Um, I just forget what it was because I blew past it, but I have this memory of reading it and rolling my eyes like, yes, obviously so I, I feel like that would have been cooler to see develop Sure. but at the same time these first, what, like 70 pages or something, yeah. 60 pages I don't know how far we got in it's it's already kind of long and tedious and a little boring. I've got that note so, coming up. So 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 maybe it's OK that it's all not there. <laughs> maybe. I mean, I'd hate for this to become uh, Harry Potter
1: book seven. I, so I, like, I just I feel like if, if and maybe again, maybe it will. It's still early stages. He does like to set up his world before he plays with his toys. So maybe, maybe, maybe. But I do feel like a stronger focus on PTSD would be. Have made for a stronger book, at least so far. Totally agree. And, and totally maybe agree. again, maybe they will go there, and someone will come on board the mission and be like, "Oh, I happen to be a clinical psychiatrist, and I can totally talk about these things that you're going through." And I'll be like, "Great, now we've got a through line." But so far, it's a little muddy.
0: Yeah, agreed. Is that it for your for that yeah. chapter for that prologue? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna actually, I think, suggest that we forego the chapter numbers this time because he doesn't have them. So oh yeah yeah sure. Okay. So that brings us to the first post prologue chapter. First configuration,
1: aberrant forms.
0: I have an overview. Oh, Where I have a at?
1: note. Good. This one actually cemented it for me. I refuse <laughs> to believe Gutierrez was intentional. Crichton is a lucky ass opportunist. What are you talking about? Um the that 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 Gutierrez in the last book was setting up Gutierrez in this book. He they're like, hey, what's oh. your write second book. He's like, Yeah, okay, I got that character i used i book into the book with i'll throw him in here again yeah it was not i'm just like you son of a you you fucking found a gutierrez penny <laughs> and then for a second i'm like oh was it actually gutierrez or is this is he just reusing the name because i've got a note on that but i went back and, and in that first couple of chapters it is marty gutierrez american doctor <laughs> sounds like a show on tbs for some reason to me <laughs>
0: Martin Gutierrez, American American doctor, American doctor.
1: (laughs) Uh, that's it. What's your overview?
0: I think that there's this last sequence could have been a would be and could be a really compelling scene to see in a Jurassic Park movie that we will never see the scene where there's a guy frantically trying to like investigate a a corpse on a, on a beach while the, while the sun's going down and he's getting pushback from this guy who won't let him take pictures. And then, like this helicopter lands, and these guys in in these like suits come out, and they have these jet, these you know gas packs yeah. on, these tanks on, it's, and it, they it, start it, burning
1: you're, shit. You're you're you're. It's becoming right of the Valkyries and apocalypse now in my head now. It's it to me, and
0: this is real dark and probably too close to this, but it reminds me of the f- horrible, horrible footage of the journalists trying to board the plane at Jonestown, where the guys come onto the runway and just murder them while their cameras are rolling.
1: I've not seen um, this and I don't think I knew about this part of it. It's awful. Okay. Well, I won't watch it then on purpose. Yeah. Um. Please. Nobody surprise me with that. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to watch Graham's home movies. Psych. <laughs> it's a,
0: it, it like that feeling of like this feeling so out of control in this, in this world where people are just like, don't care. I don't care. You're, you're, Like what you care about matters so little that we're not even going to listen to you. We're just going to destroy it It was like, oh, fuck. So, uh, yeah, it was, I, I I read this and thought I get why he could successfully direct a film, you know, like this sequence is written very visually, very, uh, cinematically. And I could, I could picture it and I'm just bummed out that it won't ever be in a book because the series has taken such a dumb turn.
1: Well, maybe they'll remake the series from the beginning one day.
0: Uh, yay? I don't know how I'm supposed to respond to that. Like, That doesn't sound like a good thing, but fine.
1: Do you have um, any more
0: notes on that chapter? Nope. Then let's
1: move into the next chapter. Uh, San Jose. This is where I first had my notes about the book being a little more sloggy, more dialogue, less action. Not uninteresting, but definitely slow. I really like the. I, I thought I basically was gonna
0: have no notes on this chapter, and then there is this moment where the guy says, "Yeah, I just took the journalist to the wrong island and didn't tell him." Yeah, and I was like, "Brilliant!" <laughs> like I just remember
1: thinking, "Like, great move. That is such a good move." Yeah, it's very smart. Um, I really there was a line in this chapter I really did like, almost almost on par with some of Malcolm's lines from the first book and movie. Um, which are. People aren't studying the natural world anymore. They're mining it. Yeah. That was good. That was really good. Like, damn, you brought it for a moment. Yeah. But uh, that's it. That's all I got.
0: All right. Well, that brings us to the next chapter. Departure. Short chapter. <laughs> um, I only have an overview. Do you have anything more?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm just realizing I made a big mistake that I thought was going to be my big bow tying moment and will not be. Oh! But we'll get to it. Um, uh, just, just, just. Levine had a sample. Levine had a sample. Well, but uh, clearly, that's why he was fiddling with the pocket knife, and that makes sense in retrospect. After I got through that, so um, that gap was filled. Yeah. In. What's yours?
0: Just that it seems odd that anyone would let this guy near the site. If they're going to burn it and and they there's the government's so invested in like keeping people away from it, how did a helicopter pilot who's in league with Dodson let him on the on the at the site at all? Why where's the where's the motivation there? Where's the game? Why wouldn't you just make sure he never got there? And unless uh-huh. unless and this might actually be the case. God, I'm going to I'm going to hate it if I if I suggest a better book than this book is unless the idea is that dodson and his people are using levine's tenaciousness and his passion and his own and letting him waste his own money to fund finding where site b is Uh and their own and and they need to have so they need him to be able to get access to information so that they can have a, a, a pi follow him which they do later uh so that he can lead them to the island without them having to spend more than money than just having one PI follow him around would cost. That makes sense. So that, that could be pretty clever and smart, but otherwise it seems kind of like, like I'm hoping that's the case because otherwise it seems like a dumb move. It's like walking someone into your house and being like, well, if you could look into this room and prove I murdered someone in it, then I guess you can take me to jail. And it's like, why would you let someone in? <laughs> Why would you do that in the first place? It's Black Cat. My problem with the Black Cat is they walk down there and she and you just go like, "There's nothing weird
1: here." The, the Jalo film, <laughs> Black Cat.
0: Well, no, the post story.
1: Oh, okay. But, well, um, my, my mistake. I just wanted to make sure our readers understood
0: the no the the post story and all of its adaptations. Okay. It, it, they almost always end with someone walking into a cellar and going damn, how come there's a cat in these walls? I better tear it down instead of me being like, no, 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 no. This is my house. You don't get to destroy the walls in my house for a fucking animal that I don't like, that I don't know how got in there. Maybe there's a, are you going to tear down my walls because you think there might be rats in them? Where's the rationale here? Don't do that. That's what this feels like. Why would you, why would you invite someone to see the thing you want to keep them from seeing?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Doesn't make sense. Unless, of course, it's actually bait. Unless, of course, you're using that person to get something else. Right. So that's my notes for that. Um, do you have any more notes in this chapter? Well, that brings us to the next chapter.
1: Palo Alto. And I have a lot of notes.
0: Okay. Well, I only have an overview. What's your overview? Uh, maybe it's just because I'm less familiar with this book than I am Jurassic Park and its movie. Uh, but I am feeling less patient with how slow this book is. Mm.
1: Okay. That's it. Okay, well, it's funny because I really liked this chapter. Okay, um, I, I, I but it also bugged me because this was the big, mm-hmm. this was the big uh, culling of the former book. This is where he killed okay. off his book to bring it in line with the movie. Uh, oh, uh, Doctor Sadler used to be involved with Grant. No, she didn't. We we read that book and we called that shit out. She was engaged. Was not a thing. Maybe in retrospect, but they're saying, remember like the movie and he put his hand on her butt and they were a thing that, that this is a sequel to that. Um, I'm like, what is this into the Dinoverse?" verse? Gennaro hm. is dead, conveniently killing his books, loose ends. It's like the fucking end of the Godfather. He's just taken out everything that doesn't mesh. Right. We get the introduction to site B. Does the movie have site B or is it on the island? It's a separate island. They don't go back to the original island.
0: It becomes confusing because of uh, Jurassic World. Right. But yes, in the... It's... Okay. My memory of the Lost World movie is that Hammond basically says, listen, we've bred a a lot of dinosaurs here. We needed to have essentially a nursery park. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's site B, where we would take the dinosaurs and let them grow into maturity, and then bring them over into the into the main park, which isn't at all what the book says.
1: No, not all. Like no, they, it was, they have it was, juve,
0: the juvenile T Rex running around, yeah. being a baby T Rex, right? And a baby Triceratops getting his head st- getting his head stuck in a in a thing, right? In some
1: bars, like. So we'll have to see th- if that's what site B is here, or if it's just a backup. I I always remembered it as a backup, but I don't know. I have no idea if that's right
0: it's not what it is in the movie. And as far as I remember in the movie, it is essentially the breeding grounds mm-hmm. that have gone on for too long. Right. Uh, and so all the dinosaurs that were, that were young there are now adults and are breeding, like without anybody caring about them or checking in on them. So, and, and, and Hammond, cause Hammond's alive in the movie. Right.
1: I remember that. I remember that one shot ha- Hammond, Hammond, uh, re-
0: specifically refers to it as site B oh, in the film. Okay. Okay. Um, Also, I was just going to point out that that like uh, in in this moment, you're talking about the Sadler relationship. I don't know if it is entirely clear that between in the book, that between Sadler and Grant, they had never had any sort of relationship. Just that at the time Uh, when the question was asked and addressed in the book, they were not an item.
1: Sure, sure. They could have spent the 18 months they were stuck in Costa Rica banging her, her, her fiance could have dumped her cause she couldn't come, but a million things fine, but come on, that's not, I'm what not, this I'm is. not arguing that you're, I wrong, know I'm it, just it mad at Michael feel... Crichton. <laughs> it definitely, like, I, I he can replaced, agree. Was he, was he awesome Michael Crichton replaced by hack climate denier Michael Crichton? Was that what, was this the Crichton verse that like he was replaced by a duplicate of himself who was going through all the different universes and killing each one to absorb their power like Jet Li in the one. Oh, is
0: that the what the one's about?
1: Yeah, it's basically interdimensional highlander.
0: There's a uh, there's a so that's why you keep saying so in, into the Spider Verse. That's what you're referencing. Yeah. Okay. Right. Not the animated film. Yeah. Is that what's happening in the animated film?
1: The multiple ver- that... dimensions coming together.
0: No, no the 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 specifically highlandering the oh, multiple yeah, no, no, dimensions no. coming together. I'm, I'm, right, I'm just talking because... about
1: it. it's 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 the go-to for the multiverse right now.
0: Well, that basically for the, for the for the as far as I remember the Into the Spider Verse Marvel crossover event.
1: Um, I'm talking about the movie in the, Co- the Spider Verse.
0: Yeah, there's a that's I, what you're saying. I'm saying I got it. I got it. I got there's a with you. I'm with there's you. another a thing in the comic books called the, the Spider Verse. Yeah, that is was a arc and like a, a like I said a, a a crossover event that I believe involved what essentially was a like Spider Man vampire. Yeah. And his family running around through dimensions, eating Spider-Men. Right. And absorbing their powers. Right.
1: Clearly ripping off the Jet Li film, The One, which was a rip off Before. of Highlander.
0: Right. So that's why I was like, I was trying to tie in all the things you were saying to to comprehend them and see them as one big picture. And Into I think the Spider-Verse I verse. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we tied them all together. Continu- the books, continuing, the movie. Continue to Michael make a point about the things you don't like about this book?
1: (laughs) Uh, A lot of oh, by the way moments in this chapter. Oh, by the way, Malcolm and Levine were friends. Uh, Oh, by the way, Levine stuck as a junior high teacher. Um, Just just kind of info dump extravaganza. And then I made my fatal mistake where (laughs) I'm like, oh... Because my handwriting was bad, and I, I didn't realize this chapter was called Palo Alto. When I looked up, I saw the the head, heading of the previous chapter, "Departure," and I'm like, "Oh!" And that's why this book is a depart. This chapter is a departure from the last book. Oh my God, Michael Crichton, you did it again, you clever bastard! But no, I was just dumb.
0: Because that chapter came before,
1: right? Because that's not the name of this chapter. This, jam- this chapter was named Palo Alto, not Departure. Yeah, right. So
0: I will say, however, though that, like. We've seen before the chapter called uh, abhorrent forms. I don't think those words showed up until the next chapter.
1: Was it abhorrent? Oh, I thought I read it as aberrant. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Either way, it's the same thing. We're both dumb.
0: Aberrant, aberrant and aberrant. Yeah, aberrant forms. You're right. But I'm fairly certain that phrase doesn't show up until like the first page of the next chapter. (laughs) So maybe it
1: was the departure chapter. I'm going to go with that.
0: Maybe it was. Hmm. Anything else to say before we move on to the next chapter? Which is? Berkeley. I have no notes. I've already gone over the stuff I had to say about this chapter before. Yeah,
1: same thing. I'm just not feeling Malcolm's change of heart. Yep. At at this point, again, like you said, could be explained later in in detail, hopefully. But right now, I'm just like, okay, sure. You need to get him on the island. And you spent 40 pages thus far kind of not doing that. But maybe it'll happen.
0: Yeah. Yep. All right, let's jump into the
1: next chapter: the Lost World. I have an overview. Uh, mine was: Did Levine die? And yeah, we have that's our... my
0: only. That's yeah. My my note is: seems kind of fishy or suspicious to kill off this character you've spent so much time telling us about this soon, almost like he's not dead. Hmm. Which I don't. I don't like object to that kind of storytelling. It just no. also feels like it's a bit early to try to pull this off, right? Like, especially when there's so many more chapters of exposition coming. <laughs> yeah. um, that's my only note. Yeah, that's just seems odd. So then that brings us to
1: school. Oh goody! Oh my god, I was not a fan. Um, yeah. Summarized, I think, or not summarized, concentrated into my single note. page 52 Kelly is a brainer fucking really like I've no doubt that Michael Crichton was mocked he was he dude he was fucking giant he was almost as tall as Shaq he was probably a genius who's practically a doctor went to medical school fucking sure you were teased and maybe you were teased in 19 fucking 56 and they called you a brainer but learn how kids talk because that was embarrassing
0: Okay, fine. But I'll see your brainer... Okay. ...with Hoggy, Hoggy, Hogwarts.
1: <laughs> hoggy, warty, Hogwarts. Excuse me, Hoggy, warty, Hogwarts. Teach us something, please. Whether it be young or old or something with scabby knees. <laughs> um... We're here to talk about this book. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to start a podcast going through the Harry Potter books chapter by chapter, we can do that. <laughs> but it's going to be down the road.
0: By Cormac McCarthy? <laughs> um, okay, the uh, I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying like, you know, people in glass wizarding schools shouldn't throw the first stone. And yet
1: you've thrown that stone. So I feel that stone is in play. And I'm going to no, no, throw
0: No, I but I am I'm just saying like I'm I'm try I'm saying that you are a person who still to in my mind represents a bastion of uh, Potter apologism.
1: So like <sighs> it, it it's all up in the air. I don't know how I feel yet. Okay, cool.
0: Agreed though, it does seem it it also it smacks of like Back to the Future, mm-hmm. which is in sometimes set in the 50s, so <laughs> maybe
1: <sighs> fucking a brainer. Kelly's a brain and then <sighs> Kelly and Arby sitting in the bath doing math. What the fuck? These were not the insults of seventh graders. I mean, our Arby or J-B-, JB, whatever his fucking initials are. Is it Arby? It's Arby, right? Arby, yeah, like, like a like a like a beef sandwich. Right, like a beef sandwich. Uh, he called them jerk offs, and I'm like that was the one moment. I'm like, right, great, okay, that I'll buy. And then everything else was stupid. Now again. Uh, admittedly, I was pretty oblivious in school. <laughs> so maybe this passed for... But everything I heard was nothing like this. Yeah, I've definitely got, like... And I was pretty close to school age. I was a little older, but little pretty close to this character's age when nothing... Never, a brainer. God, no. T- take a bath in their math. <laughs> what the fuck? I I, I, mean, I, I understand... <laughs> the need to rhyme as the ultimate expression of uh, (laughs) dissension and insult. But when you're like eight, not when you're in seventh grade.
0: Yeah. It's got a ring around the rosy kind of feel to it right? where it's just like, this is a children's thing. A very, very young children. Like these kids are prepubescent, if not pubescent, like they're going to start making jokes about each other's changing bodies, not about, math
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) math in the bath yeah so weird uh that's i mean that's it because this chapter just i just kind of wanted to get through it i didn't these are not the kids in the movie right are they amalgams or something because it's his daughter right in the movie i
0: i think they're amalgamated (laughs) oh jesus um they uh yeah in in the movie kelly is his daughter her name is kelly Um, yes okay uh, my memory is that her name's Kelly, right? Because there's a there, there's a there's a moment I think where it's somewhere when like Malcolm figures out that they shouldn't use the high hide or something like that because the dinosaurs can like they'll fall or something like that, and he goes he says or something like Kelly 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 <laughs> like he <laughs> you know because it's
1: he imprinted it's the name sure
0: yeah yeah and he goes like no 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 we got to get low we got to get low. Oh, we got to be on the ground. It's something <laughs> yeah, like that. He has this can, whole, yeah. like...
1: No, 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 no. We got to get, get low. We got to get on the ground.
0: <laughs> we got go to get on the ground. We don't want to be high. No, I don't want to be high. And I remember that moment because the actress who plays Kelly is just like, but you just, you just told me we needed to go up. And he's like, no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> I, I, I was wrong. I was mistaken. We got to get low.
0: Oh, things have changed, honey. Um, it, fucking a, a Goldblum is so close to a Williams.
1: A Williams.
0: It's too close to a Robin Williams. Oh, oh, oh.
1: What? he doesn't he doesn't do the shouting but the mumbling yes yes, yes but is very when, much the, when Malcolm uh, gets gets anxious breath, and nervous though
0: yeah when yeah. but when Goldblum gets like mm-hmm. you know oh, no no, no, no I, I don't know there's no fat lady I don't hear no fat lady you know it can like it can lead into that pretty easily um, anyway
1: that was really fun I like that <laughs> do I, <Goldblums>. I I,
0: <laughs> I hate uh, I really hate Kids in these books. I don't know about the first book as much. Um, they didn't feel as forced. They didn't feel they as they felt like a
1: bad decision. Like fuck, really? Yeah, and we could all like we kids could all are with generally. That. Yeah. <laughs> you, you tricked me. I was taken out of context. Um, not by me. <laughs> oh, it was very deliberate. <laughs> But uh, but here they are encouraged nauseatingly. Yes. And it's like, boy, I sure like having these super smart kids around and they they belong here. They're they're <sighs> Jason Todd's maybe. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I kind of want to believe that they're they're deliberately sh- annoying because, like I said, like, I think Malcolm's spo- I'm I'm starting to warm up to the idea that Malcolm's supposed to be deliberately annoying but I don't, I don't actually think that about the kids. See, um, I feel
1: like it was, It was. hey, Michael, it's Steven. We want to make a sequel. This movie was huge. It needs to have Malcolm back. It's got to have kids somehow. They've got to go to an island. It could be a different island. Maybe because they've, we've already done it the first one. We've got to go to a new place. Make that happen. Yeah, you got six months. I think it's probably more, even more
0: broken down than that. I think it's probably like, Goldblooms a hit. He's going to sign on for almost nothing. He was ever, he's he's what everyone talks about when they talk about the movie. Um, we thought they talk about Sam Neill, but no, Malcolm like like uh, Jeff stole stole the show. Uh and when we break down what's important about sequels, you got to hit down your, your like three main things. So you got your lead. You got it has to appeal to kids because that's our big market for selling merchandise and getting people because kids love dinosaurs. Um, and then the third thing is it's got to be on an island because that's what that's the aesthetic people expect right. from Jurassic Park. So you make it work. But those are what we need to proceed with a film. We need island, kids, Jeff Goldblum, and a, and right. a kid.
1: And then your Michael so Christ is sitting there looking at those like essentially you know line reading it's and writing going, prompts yeah writing prompts okay i i could use yet another house
0: yeah or a couple sure but uh yeah the uh i don't like the kids i mean I, I don't i mean i maybe i'll like them eventually but like i don't i i didn't like the kid i think the kid is the weakest part of the second film not the actress i want to make that clear nothing against her but the addition of that character and the way that character was constructed,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I find. OK, the thing about that character is that she employs gymnastics to kill raptors. I remember that. And that's, and that's a standout <laughs> that that it's like. It's like uh it's like a it's like a canon film all of a sudden. It's like it's like you're watching this nor like a movie or, or something that could be normal, but then you have to also deal with no, no, no. Sylvester Sloan has to arm wrestle to get his son back. And it's like, why? And they're like, shut up. He's a truck driver. Like, I don't know why I'm any of this information is relevant. Is this an improv show? I need an occupation and a crisis. Truck driver needs a son back. Okay. What can he do to get that back? Arm wrestle. Okay. I heard truck driver arm wrestle needs to get his kid back. Okay anybody else have any other ideas dinosaurs okay I heard dinosaurs any uh, I need a vocation gymnast okay I heard dinosaurs gymnastic dinosaurs anything else anything else Hawaii okay so gymnastic dinosaurs on an island okay um, all right here we go freeze <laughs> the uh,
1: you so that's that that's was great
0: So it's like like it it takes this movie that otherwise could be kind of cool. Like you're talking like think think of it this way: you've got Steven Spielberg, you've got ILM, you've got a whole bunch of budget to make the dinosaurs even more spectacular. You've got Julianne Moore, uh, you've got Vince Vaughn, you've got like you know a cast and a crew that built itself up and, and a concept that's not bad. Right. And then there's this kid, who just feels like it feels like an an unnecessary appendage like if you've ever seen somebody who has uh, six fingers it's like that last fingers it's not really a full finger like it's not like the strong
1: you ever see scary movie 2 (sighs) i i I did i don't remember it well
0: well chris elliott plays a character in that movie who has like a uh, a shriveled hand yes okay i remember that he 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 overuses it Mm -hmm. and there's a moment where i think like I think it's David Cross is like, or somebody is, is like gonna fall off of something, and they're like, "We, I need your help! I please, please pull me up!" And he says, "Take my strong hand," and he gives him the the shriveled, malformed hand. That's what this kid feels like. <laughs>
1: the vis- kid is a like a vestigial the, character.
0: It's a vestigial character that is only there to help the plot. Like it serves its purpose, but it's withered and it's like unhealthy yeah <laughs> uh, i don't it just it just feels like it's it could it could have been it, it just isn't the best it's right. just not the most of actually the most efficient at what it's trying to do um so anyway i i am I, I guess i'm preparing myself to tolerate the rest of this book with this fucking kids yep that's the end of my notes for that chapter okay uh, the next chapter is tag
1: i have an overview um, I feel like it's not quite an overview, but I'm going to say this was an enjoyable chapter and is Elizabeth Gelman a uh, future ex-Mrs. Malcolm. <laughs> they, had, they had some fun chemistry. Um, yeah, that, this, this, this one felt like the early chapters of the first one where we're going through the, uh, scientific process of taking in this information that shouldn't exist and how we're going to approach it. I was like that. I was like the, uh, mm-hmm. this should not exist. Done well, you know, and the science is like I'm throwing shit at it, and, and it's giving me data I don't like. That's always fun, and it's it's done well, but that's it. That's all I had.
0: My my only like thought about this chapter was that I feel like the this book starts off pretty slow again. Just a yeah. note about that again, and feeling like the movie The Lost World kind of gets up and goes, um, like it it. It starts off with the scene from the beginning of the first book with the kid on the beach getting eaten by compies. It moves to Hammond and Malcolm, two characters that died in the book, having an interaction about uh, how there's a new park and Malcolm being like, this is insane, John. You you can't do this. And then Malcolm getting roped into going to the island to rescue Harding, Mm -hmm. his girlfriend. Right. Because Hammond's already manipulated the situation to where Harding's already on the island. He wants Malcolm to go. Malcolm refuses to go. The only way he can get Malcolm on the island is to get him there to rescue her. And Malcolm does it. Uh, and then the rest of the movie happens. So the only setup in the in the movie is Malcolm needs to get to the island to save his girlfriend. Or to res- to get her off the island. It's not even save. It's because she's not a damsel in distress, distress in the movie, but to like extract her <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, from a environment f- fraught with danger. And, uh, and, and through that uh, process, we learn about the kid. We learn about gymnastics. We learn about the, the high hide and the creation of the, of the vehicles, but we get to the Island pretty fucking fast. I, I, and I, this I, book is
1: take, feels like it's taking a long time to do that. I think this chapter, if you spent like the first chapter or prologue, convincingly explaining why Malcolm was alive and then having him work in a lab with Gelman and they get this sample and she's reading off the shit and he's getting, he's getting his PTSD, PTSD flashbacks of like, Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. This sounds like dinosaur. Oh shit. You could go from there, get to the Island a lot quicker and have a much more engaging, quick, interesting story. Mm-hmm. And
0: also I would love to know how these NDAs are still in effect, even though NGIN is bankrupt.
1: Oh, I think it's the Costa Rican government at this point. Oh, is that who it was? I feel like it, we'll, then uh, we'll wh- give you wh- your freedom, what, what but we got all this. What?
0: what? What would they possibly fucking do? Like, where? what could they possibly do?
1: Would they, what the litigation could that... What, once, you, yeah. once you get away, how could they, like, force you to come back? Yeah, are they going to gonna
0: extradite you? Yeah. Like, the, the United States government would have to agree to that. Yeah. Like, your crimes would be, have to be so heinous. Right. And you could, you could actually argue in this situation that the crimes are... Uh, the the breaking of the NDA, you were you were blackmailed into signing it, so it's irrelevant because of that. Secondly, you're actually you're, the information you're sharing is for the betterment of public safety.
1: Unless like, when Engine went bankrupt, all their secrets were sold to someone who bought them out, and I and, don't think. Th- but, but that, th- that but would, that, that, would, would th- that would be the big bad, and that's not been established these Right, pages. And, and what no. has been
0: established is that is that the engine's uh, sale has been so slow of all of its assets that they're just now getting around to selling off those assets. Right, that is something that's been addressed in these chapters. So no, it's not that either. I don't understand. Like these are things that should. Like it feels like again a little rushed. Maybe maybe yeah. he'll show it to us later. But
1: not high hopes. Uh,
0: no, I don't have because high hopes. We either. know we know um, how he
1: writes, and it's like all the setup, and then oh, we're in the thick of things. And if we're going to be, if we're going to have equal amounts of thick of things, which if this is a cash grab, it stands to reason we will, then that leaves very little room to establish all the things we want established.
0: Right. Yep. (laughs) All right. That brings us to the last chapter of our first episode of The Lost World. Thorn. I have a page note on page 467. What's your page note? That the vehicles they're constructing are
1: described exactly as they are in the movie. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's actually really cool. Do you think that's a, we need something that can be a toy that we sell? Um, I don't know, but I think they're a pretty cool thing in the movie. Like, um, the, I mean, this movie came out a- to video around the same time I was working. I just started working at Suncoast as like one of my early jobs. Um, so I certainly was not in the realm of what's big in toys right now. So I don't even know what the merch was like for this. My brothers, you know, got a whole bunch of JP toys when the first movie came out and I saw right. those, but I didn't, I had no experience what this movie's uh, merchandising was like.
0: I don't remember this movie's merchandising at all. I remember, uh, but I do remember the movie having like that, the it's a big set piece. Mm-hmm. It's a big action moment in the film w- with these, with these vehicles. I remember there's like RVs. a big
1: piece with the trailer and them stuck inside it as it's going over a cliff. Yes, um, and Toby from The West Wing dies there, I think. Yes, um, but not much else. But, but
0: that's that was interesting. Like it's uh, that's that's one of the things again. Like like with the last book that I am going to be doing while reading this book, which is going through it and noticing things that are similar. Sure, like I know for I know that the high hide shows up later. Mm-hmm. I know that because they're constructing it right now right. in this chapter, but uh, also I am fairly certain it's one of the chapter breaks for our segments <laughs> um it's just titled this fucking thing Spoiler. um yeah so um enjoying that i'm enjoying that part of it where i'm like oh yeah this, this is a cool it's cool to see what was what was carried Retained. over because yeah. yeah so many strange things aren't or are and it's just i'm very fascinated in that aspect of reading this book
1: i noticed that Crichton really likes barrel chested men as like their heroes, because this guy definitely seems like a uh, an, an alternate Alan Grant. Right. He's a Vuncular, he's barrel chested, he's big and and brash and probably has a big Australian hat. Um, he also likes the name Ed, because mm. you have Ed Regis, Ed James, the PI who met the Dodson at the Marie Calendars. And you have this guy named Eddie working for Thorne. And I'm like, that's a lot of Eds. Yeah. It's one of those things I noticed. Yeah. Um, Uh, We
0: also have this last little bit here about uh, Adam Levine being alive.
1: (laughs) Well, and before we get, we can close with that. Um, I thought, I thought it was weird. I mean, structurally, I get this is where it needs to happen, but it felt weird to have Thorne dropping all the exposition on kids. Yeah. Like, I get that you need to say all this stuff, but to say it to the kids just because you like them and they're precocious and clearly they're going to the island. I look forward to those hijinks ensuing. Because I feel like this is... I, we agreed that the field trip in question they were talking about was to see Thorne in the vehicles not to go to the island, right? Probably. So, that's just going to be ridiculous and what are you doing here in womp womp danger? Uh, yeah, re- I'm, me wrong, I'm Michael really...
0: Creighton. I'm also apprehensive that there may... I'm really worried there's going to be some sort of spoiler that... Kelly is Malcolm's kid, and that that's oh, just gonna, no. And that that's gonna pop up, and he's gonna be like, and th- I'm just really worried that that's gonna oh,
1: happen. Shit, because they've mentioned her mom being kind of a fake, yes. but they have they mentioned her dad? No. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. She has a sister too, because that's where hand me downs came from. I don't know, Um, man. I'm just saying, like that's that's what it is in the movie. Maybe maybe it'll be something where it's like, ah, I don't know, my dad, and he's like, oh well, I I like kids, and uh, you you could.
0: I was a sperm donor once. We could have.
1: Oh no, I just meant that they could just have a bonding moment where it's like Grant and the kids in the first movie, right? And not an actual familial relation.
0: Yeah, I don't want this to be like the Hangover Two, where it's just the same book.
1: Hangover Two was the worst book.
0: I didn't enjoy reading it.
1: No. I've never read it.
0: Wow. Guess I'm more well-read than you.
1: Yep. You're the well-readest.
0: I'm the one who well-reads. <laughs> the, uh... I, I, yeah, but so then, like, Adam Levine, alive, at least for the moment. Um, Ted Levine is gu- still kicking. I guess I was right that it's too early to kill him off. Yeah. It also feels too early to play with the idea that he isn't absolutely going to be alive by the time they get to the island. Like,
1: I, I, it feels too obvious. It was right? superfluous. Like, yeah. No. I just, I, I don't know. Maybe. 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 Maybe he will be the dinosaur pee guy. I
0: maybe because he's he the smartest.
1: Uh. Uh. What do you call it? Um. Paleontologist smarter apparently than Grant. Why didn't they get him in the first book? Nah. Um. But so maybe that will be the thing they'll get there. And that's how he's managed to stay alive. And then there, that'll be the aviary from the first book where it's getting moved to the third movie.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I guess I would accept that. Um, it, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that works out. I Mm -hmm. guess, um, it, it just, it, it feels a lot like rope right now. (laughs) Uh, Hitchcock's film rope where it's like, Well, I already know that they murdered a guy. Spoilers. (laughs) This is how the movie starts. It's the first fucking second shot of the whole movie. They kill a guy. So it's like, okay, I mean, am I really going to believe that they're going to get away with it? Am I going to be that naive to believe that? That's how this feels. Am I really going to be that naive to believe that Levine is dead after I read like 40 or 50 pages about him? Probably not. So I just don't know what he's pulling. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's trying to
1: do here. Right. That's
0: what's confusing to me is I, I just.
1: Unless it's he's trying to not care and get to that new summer home. Maybe he's maybe he's dude, like, I wish I could be. You know, Ian Fleming had a had a house in, in, in like the Bahamas in Jamaica. I want one of those. You know, I, I write, write about these people two. owning. I read about people owning their own islands.
0: I think it's about time I do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. Hopefully uh, man, uh, that's I, all I got, man. Hopefully it will goes up. It, it gets better from here.
0: I mean, at least it, it, at least we'll be on the island soon. Yeah,
1: that's true.
0: I mean, there will be probably more dinosaurs showing up
1: and, and more kids.
0: Yeah. So the, the next episode we're going to be reading through uh second configuration and the, ch- the immediate chapter that follows that is a chapter called clues. And we will be reading, through chapter trailer, which is about uh, fifty to sixty pages. After that, the chapter trailer is pers- is followed by a chapter called Interior.
1: Don't read that. So if
0: there's, don't read that. Don't read Interior. So if you find another chapter that's called Trailer between the one that butts up to Interior, God, I really wish he would number these.
1: Um, <laughs> it's Michael Craig. He doesn't. Use you need to keep numbers. reading up
0: through that. So, um, I'm, I'm glad we, I'm glad we started this next book anticipating about seven episodes of this book for this series, this season or whatever we're calling it. So, uh, I guess that was Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. These reviews help new listeners find us and join the discussion. Follow us on Twitter and like our new Facebook page for Death Readers News. Become a patron at Patreon slash Death Readers, and please discuss us extensively on Reddit.